Hello, everyone. This is Victor Jackson. Welcome to the Bible Centered Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Bible Center with Victor Jackson. I want to thank you once again for joining us. God has been doing some amazing things if we have been going through the Word of God uh, verse by verse. And um, thank you for the feedback. Uh, thank you for your hunger for God, your hunger for His Word. It has been uh, such a privilege uh, breaking down uh, the Word of God with each and every one of you. Uh, for those of you that have been uh, requesting to see these uh, live streams later or archived, you can go to our YouTube channel, Bible Centered with Victor Jackson. And um, I think that, I think that uh, the, this podcast has been going to uh, over 100 nations every week. Um, we've gotten feedback from so many different uh, countries. The word of God is truly being spread. Uh, got some feedback for those of you that listen on Apple and Spotify. Uh, you can leave reviews and, and comments and read a review today that really touched my heart. Somebody that has been backslid for 15 years. Uh, they said that, uh, they've come back and this podcast is one of the main sources of, uh, them growing and, and learning the scriptures. And so this is what this is for. And I want to commend that person for sharing their testimony. Uh, it touches my heart. And it's just such a privilege to serve. Um, uh, those reviews uh, help us out. It gives uh, more visibility, even more visibility to the podcast uh, that is going going uh, around the world. And what a privilege it is to share God's word with you. Let's open up our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 17 and verse uh, verse 14. Chapter 17 and verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often to the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. 
and the third day he shall be raised again, and they were exceeding sorry. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was come to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast the hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And while thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. Remember, Matthew is writing to the Jews to persuade them that Jesus is the Christ and that he is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Matthew, remember, he is a farmer tax collector. And so uh, what's amazing about the presence of God is how it brought so many diverse occupations and personalities uh, under one roof for one sole reason, and that is to draw close to him that they might go and bring this mission into the world. Uh, the tax collectors were looked down on in society uh, because they would, uh, working on behalf of the oppressor, which is Rome, number one. Number two, they would have the people do more taxes uh, to take care of themselves. That's number uh, two. Number three, they didn't get along with the fishermen because uh, working by the Sea of Galilee, uh, they would uh, immediately uh, tax the fishermen. And yet these people that were contrary in society, um, the fishermen and the tax collectors who didn't normally get along, through the presence of God, he brings them all under one roof. And somehow they're able to put aside their societal and socioeconomic differences to draw closer together to Jesus Christ. There's something about his presence that brings unity. There's something about his presence that becomes more important than the cares of this life than the deceitfulness of riches, than the lust for other things. There's something about his presence that is able to change the hardened hearts, that is able to change what has been embedded since they were born. He's able to change it. And so this tax collector starts pursuing Levi, starts pursuing uh, Jesus Christ, and everything changes in his world. But we have to remember that he's presenting Jesus as the new Moses, that as the Jews have put their confidence in the Moses that has passed away, that now they're putting their confidence in the new Moses who doesn't deliver from Egypt, uh, but delivers them from sin. And we talked about it on how being delivered from sin 
is harder than be delivered from Egypt. Delivered from Egypt, they never had to go back, but sin seems to always try to wrestle its way back into a life. But the source of deliverance hasn't changed, and that is Jesus Christ. Um, we talked about the glory of a glimpse yesterday and how God gives glimpses before uh, we have to encounter the pain of process to go through fulfillment. Everything is hastening after Matthew 16. It's hastening to the conclusion or the culmination of the cross. Verse 14, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is, he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. It's amazing how hell has a counterfeit for everything. Remember what John the Baptist said. He said, listen, I, I, I baptize you with water unto repentance, he said, but there's one that's coming after me that's mightier than I that shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The Bible says that we're born again of the water and of the spirit. So look at these spiritual con connotations that the spirit represents the fire and, uh, and you're getting baptized in water. These are spiritual things that are <clears throat> uh, salvation concepts, but hell has a counterfeit. He's trying to throw this person into physical fire and physical water to destroy the person's soul. While God is trying to put a spiritual fire and baptize in water to save our soul, hell always has a counterfeit that what God is trying to do to help someone, hell tries to find a way to destroy someone with uh, with similar similar uh, concepts. So hell is trying to destroy this child by throwing him in the fire and in the water. The powerful thing about this is that how the child is still alive. Can I give someone a revelation? The devil can't kill you. I'm about to say that again. The devil can't kill you. He doesn't have that authority. We have to give him permission to harm us, but he cannot destroy us. If 6,000 demons are inside of the demoniac at the tomb of Gadara and, and he's cutting himself, trying to harm himself, but he's not dying, 6,000 devils couldn't kill one person. And when those devils are cast out of the man, 2,000 devils go into a pig, into 2,000 pigs, and 2,000 pigs immediately go throw themselves in the water and drown. Pigs immediately bowed to the demonic forces and killed themselves. But one man with over 2,000 devils was still able to worship. I'm telling you, the devil can't kill you.
I'm telling you that God has put enough in man that man doesn't have to capitulate to the forces of hell. This man is falling in the fire and the water, but he's not dying. Hell is harming, but he can't kill. My word. He cannot destroy a soul that that he did not create. Can I tell everyone listening right now that you are a child of God, that you are a uh, a son of God. They that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. You are a daughter of God. And do not fall into the fear that hell can kill you. He wants you to live in fear. But the Bible says in Revelation that there's going to be one angel that that brings hell down into the pit. One angel. Oh, my goodness. One angel. One little angel is going to bring Satan down into a fiery grave. I'm telling you, the Bible says that we're going to look on him and say, is this the one that made the worlds tremble? Is this the one that people were afraid of? I'm trying to tell you that hell can't kill you. That you have authority that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. You, my friend, have authority over the weapons of Satan. But hell's going to try to do whatever he can to harm you and to throw you into things that will harm you. But what's amazing about this, this child being thrown into the fire and the water is that he keeps on surviving. He's about to drown, but he survives. He's being burned, but he survives. Hell doesn't have the authority to take your life. You have power over the weapons of, of, of Satan. And he'll try to work through your will. See, Satan works through your flesh to get to your spirit. God works through your, your spirit to transform your flesh. Hell works from the outside in. God works from the inside out. God works from your spirit to overcome the behaviors of the body. But hell tries to use the behaviors of the body to taint and harm your spirit. But hell cannot kill you. And I'm speaking to someone that's listening right now that is suffering from a spirit of fear, that you're always afraid of what the devil can do to you. You're always afraid of what hell can do to you. I remember whenever I was uh, initially started traveling and this was at the beginning of 2013 whenever I, I went full time, January 1st, 2013, and I remember that I was praying and seeking God. I, I didn't have a business card. I didn't call anybody to preach. I was literally fasting. When I went full-time into evangelism, I had one thing on the calendar, and that was in the Yukon, Canada. 
And I went to the Yukon, Canada for a three-day revival, and then I came right back, and I was praying and fasting for God to open up doors for us to preach his gospel. One week passes, no one calls. Two weeks pass, no one calls. Three weeks pass, no one calls. We're about to go on a month. Nobody called me. Finally, it was a Friday, and I said, Lord, if I don't speak this Sunday, I said, God, I'm required uh, as a husband to go to work on Monday. I said, I believe it's your will for me to preach this gospel full time, but I have to, I have to take care of my wife. I got to take care of this precious gift that God has given me. And so it was like Saturday morning, someone sent me a message. They said, hey, uh, man, can you can you come speak? I know it's last minute, but can you come speak with me? Uh, can you come speak at my church uh, tomorrow? I said, well, let me check my calendar. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I did not say that. My calendar was blank. All I had was one thing on uh, the calendar, and that was in Canada, and I had already done it. I said, sure, I would love to come. I went to speak that Sunday, that Monday. I had two different uh, calls in two different cities. And then for like the next 10 years, I didn't have an I didn't have an open Sunday in the next 10 years. I mean, our ministry just made made an impact. Um, it made an impact. I had to schedule time to be off. Um. But in those initial stages, because I was stepping into new territory, the first thing that happens when you step into new territory is a spirit of fear will rise up to try to hinder you from going forward because it's afraid of the territory that you're gaining. And so as I was speaking at these places, this was February, all of a sudden the first week of March comes around and um, after this first week of March, this is like March 10th or around this time, like a day before my birthday, someone called me and it was on a Friday and they said, they said, Hey, this was in, this was in Tampa. They said, Hey, um, this is their first time calling me. This is my first time speaking with them. They said, hey, I need you to come and preach at my church this Sunday. This Sunday. It was Friday. It, they said, I need you to come this Sunday. Normally, when you get a call to speak, it's a week in advance. It's a month in advance. It's a year in advance. It's two years, three years. But he's calling me and asking me to preach on that Sunday. And he said, yeah, you're the, you're the fourth evangelist I've called. And I'm like, okay, wow, I'm the fourth evangelist on the list. And I was like, well, praise God, at least, at least I'm on the list. He said, you're the fourth evangelist I've tried to call. And uh, he said, no, everyone's you know, somewhere else. Can you come? Can you make it? I had somewhere to be that evening. But I said, I can make it in the afternoon. He said, okay, we'll get your hotel. I drove up that Saturday with my wife. I was praying. I was in my little 2001 Honda Civic stick shift manual. 
Um, and I started driving there and started praying for God to give me a word. God's not speaking to me. And I was like, okay, here, here we go. God's not speaking to me. I don't have anything. Well, their service was in the afternoon. And so my wife and I woke up, we went to uh, a McDonald's, uh, waiting for the service to start. I was in the service, and while I was there, I could see an openness in the city, and God spoke to me and said, there's been a major stronghold that has been broken here by the church. He said, tell the people no weapon formed against them shall prosper. So I, I wrote it down. I was excited. I wrote it down. I was like, oh, my goodness, I got the word. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. They've taken dominion here. As soon as I got the word, I got in my car and I started driving out. And as soon as I started driving out, I got in a turning lane to to take to take a U-turn. And I'm in a turning lane. I'm in a 2001 Honda Civic. I see an SUV coming directly behind me. And it's coming at me about 50, 60 miles per hour. It is not slowing down. So I see it coming quickly. I start hunking my horn. I'm hunking my horn. All of a sudden, that that SUV rams me, bam. And when it rams me, it, it, it shuts off my car. It pushes my car back <clears throat> several, several feet. My car turns off. I check on my wife to see she, if she's okay. She has a headache. I get out the car. I go around uh, the back to go and meet this person. And I go and meet the person and when I go and meet the person, God speaks to me and says, he's drunk. So I just walked up to the person and said, you're drunk. He said, yeah, I've been going through a tough time. I look at my car, my, my trunk had popped open, but there wasn't a single scratch or dent on my vehicle or his. And I'm telling you, he rammed us. And so I closed my trunk. I said, hey, God protected us. The angels of God protected us. I said, you need to get in church. The guy says, yeah, someone's been telling me that. I said, well, hey, give me your number. I said, I can get you in a Bible study. I said, I can get you in a Bible study. Give me your number so we can connect. This is all right before church. He gives me his number. I said, there's going to be a 352 number that shows up on your phone. Now, remember, guys, this is back in 2013. I said, there's going to be a 352 number that shows up on your screen. I call his phone. I'm looking at his screen, and it says, Victor Jackson is calling you. My eyes got so wide. I jumped back. I said, Bro, what's going on? He said, oh, that's you? I said, yeah, I'm Victor Jackson. How do you have my number saved? He said, this number has been calling me all week, telling me to come to a local church here in Tampa. He said, this number has left me three voicemails telling me to get in church. And I didn't get the call till Friday. And I'm the fourth evangelist on the list. It was a supernatural work that God did to reach this person. And 
it was so powerful that I went to the church service. I told the pastor, you wouldn't believe what happened. I told him what happened. I got up in the pulpit. I began to preach what happened. The power of God fell. Miracles happened. Well, the issue is what happened when I left that place. Remember, I'm not even three months full-time evangelizing. I left that place, and everywhere that I drove, cars were revving their engine trying to run me off the road. I was scared to death. That Wednesday, I went go teach on spiritual warfare. I let I lay my head down that Wednesday after church, and I woke up that morning, and I went to my car. As soon as I went to my car, I got in my vehicle. Two hands came to my driver's seat windshield, and it slammed on my windshield and said, it said, I'm going to kill you. Bam. I looked at the guy. I didn't know what was going on. I, I, got, I got in my car, put it in reverse, reverse. I drove several yards away. I rolled down my window. I said, what's going on? He said, I'm from New York. I said, okay. I said, I've never been to New York. This was 2013. I hadn't been to New York at the time. I said, I've never been to New York. He said, I'm going to kill you. And by the time he said, I'm going to kill you, I'm telling you, he's yards away. He almost hit my car again. I drove off. And as I'm driving off, a police turns in. And he rolls and he tells me to roll down my window. I rolled down my window. The police says, Hey, are you okay? I said, That guy said he's gonna kill me. The guy is walking. He pulls out like a yellow rubber chicken. You can't make this stuff up, y'all. You can't make this stuff up. This was the most odd day of my life. Later, the police got back with me. The guy has no record. They don't know where he came from. They don't know his name. They don't know any of his background. This guy was demon-possessed. So now I'm really scared. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what did I get myself into? I felt like I was going to die at any moment. Guys, the spirit of fear started paralyzing me. I was scared to leave my bed. I was just staying under the covers. I was scared to travel. And my wife at the time didn't know how to drive a stick shift. So to get food, we had to go together. Like I had to drive her. So my wife tells me like, hey, babe, I'm hungry. This is after a few days of me just laying in bed. Scared to death, paralyzed. So I look on my phone to see what's the closest place to eat. It said McDonald's one mile. Burger King, 1.1 miles. Zaxby's, um, 1.5 miles. Taco Bell, 0.9 miles. I said, we're going to Taco Bell. <coughs> because I was scared to death to travel a mile. Guys, I was paralyzed by the spirit of fear. My wife had to help me get in the car. 
I get in the car. I drive there. She has to help me get out of the car. It looks like I I went through, guys, it, it looks like I had like muscular dystrophy because I could not walk. My wife had to carry me into the Taco Bell. I couldn't eat. Finally, while we're there in the Taco Bell, I said, babe, I'm going to drop you home, and then I got to go pray. Something's got to break. I dropped her home. I drove to the church, and I just began to pray. And I was like, God, I need your help. The people are trying to kill me. It was one of those sad prayers. I didn't have no strength to pray. And while I'm praying, the devil comes into my ear and says, I'm about to kill you. And I was like, oh, my word, I'm praying. Shouldn't this be like the, the kill free zone? Shouldn't I have like a, like a, like a shield of prayer around me where no, no, nothing negative hits me? But he pierces it and says, I'm about to kill you. I felt so disrespected and I had such a righteous indignation that I got up on my feet and said, devil, you went too far. You went too far. I started pacing back and forth. I started binding and loosening. I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind you right now. I will not be paralyzed by the spirit of fear. And now, devil, every city that I'm going into, I take dominion over your kingdom right now. Now I'm not going to be on the run and fearful. Now you're going to be on the run and fearful. I started binding and loosing by the power of God, and the spirit of fear was broken off of my life. And every city I went into, I went in with an authority and I haven't been afraid of taking dominion ever since because I had to come to a conclusion. If hell is trying to threaten me, saying he's going to kill me, it is showing his lack of power because it means that he can't. Because if you're going to kill me, you're just going to do it. But if you're going to threaten me, you're wanting me to self-sabotage. You're wanting me to self-destruct. You see, David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He didn't say that death was after me. He said it was death's shadow. You see, death couldn't get to David. And so death tried to threaten David with its shadow. Oh, my goodness. Death couldn't get to him. So death tried to threaten him with its shadow to try to make it as if he's about to die. And so it wanted David to capitulate in the valley and self-destruct with anxiety and fear and depression. But David, because he kept walking, he said, I discovered that thou art with me and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm trying to tell somebody that hell cannot kill you. It'll try to throw you in the fire. It'll try to throw you in the water. But even in the fire, you'll discover the fourth man that's like unto the son of God. And the Bible says that they were in the fire, loosed and walking. I've come to tell somebody that hell cannot kill you. It can throw you in the fire. It can throw you in the pit. It can throw you in depression. But I'm trying to preach to you right now that God is with you and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
I was scared to travel. I was scared to fly. I was scared to operate in my ministry because of the devil threatening he's going to kill me. And it's like layer upon layer. God started destroying the spirit of fear. Right now in the Holy Ghost, I'm ministering to somebody that has been paralyzed by the spirit of fear. You're trying, you're scared to operate in your ministry. You're scared to operate in your calling. You're scared to take a risk because the devil said he's going to kill you. He's going to do what he did to your dad. He's going to make you backslide like he did to your mom. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do this. I'm telling you, these are fear tactics. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that the devil can't, can't kill you. And he cannot destroy what he did not create. Oh my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody listening right now. I've been through it. I've been through it, guys. Oftentimes, I was thrown in the fire. Oftentimes, I was thrown in the water. I told you about how I was like nine years old and I was at a recreation camp and I was at the deep end and I knew how to swim, but I always swim in the shallow end. But somehow I got pushed to the deep end. I tried to grab on to somebody that was older than me to help me because I was so scared. That person threw me into the water. And when I it threw me into the bottom of like a like a like a 10 foot pool and I'm at the bottom of that pool. Ah, and I'm and, and it's like I'm breathing underwater because I'm seeing people walk past me in slow motion underwater. And just for me to wake up coughing and a crowd around me because they had to they had to resuscitate me because I wasn't breathing. Ah, I got thrown in the fire. I got thrown in the water, but hell cannot kill me because I have a destiny. Uh, I have an anointing. God's hand is on my life and God's hand is on your life. Do not be afraid of the devil. He can't kill you. He can't kill you. And that's the beauty of this person. You see the human will. You see the power of God and God's hand on somebody. Someone's thrown in the fire, yet they're still alive. The Bible says that this father brought him to his disciples and said they could not cure him. So while Peter, James, and John are in the mount with Jesus watching the transfiguration. These disciples are at the bottom of the mountain trying to cast out devil, a devil, but they can't. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Satan is trying to oppress people and trying to harm people. Mm. This is real, folks. This is real. Jesus has authority over every spirit that would try to come against you or your family. The child was cured 
from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. I always find this interaction very interesting because remember the disciples, he sent them out two by two and they were casting out devils and they were, rejo were rejoicing that devils were, were subject to them. They were already casting out devils. They were already healing the sick. But the Bible says that they couldn't cast out this devil. Because of prayer and fasting. Now remember in Matthew 9, he told, he told the disciples that he instructed them not to fast. The disciples of John said, hey, why don't your disciples fast? He said, can the children of the bride chamber mourn while the bridegroom is with them? He said, there will come a day when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then shall they fast. So he instructs them not to fast until he dies, is buried and rises again. And ascends into heaven. He instructs them not to fast until he's gone. Yet now they fail, and he says, This kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. But he used the failure, he allowed them to fail to teach them on what to do when he's gone. That's why I said, How long shall I be with you? He says, I'm teaching you on what to do. You're going to have to pray and fast when I go back. So I'm allowing this failure to teach you on how to handle your future. He factors your failure into your future. He allowed the failure as a teaching moment because they didn't need to pray. They didn't need to fast in this moment. Because he commanded them not to fast. They don't fast until he goes back to glory. But he used this failure as a teaching moment on what to do in the future as a call to prayer and fasting. Now, people try to take out the concept of fasting. There's some translations that try to say this kind comes with that out, but by prayer, and they try to take out the fasting. It's amazing how people will bend scripture according to their carnal desires. Prayer and fasting still works. It increases your your helps increase your belief. It helps cast out unbelief. It helps birth a conviction. Prayer and fasting still works. The Bible says when ye fast and when ye pray, it's still great disciplines in the life of a Christian. I think it's something that represents self-denial. And they're going through an array of emotions because Jesus says he's going to die. Then they see him in this transfiguration state. And now in verse 22, he tells them, the son of man shall be betrayed into the hands of men and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. What an emotional roller coaster. They're going from, I'm about to die. Oh, here's me transfigured. All right, here's a devil. You don't have faith. Prayer and fasting. Oh yeah, I'm going to die. I'm going to be betrayed. Wow. 
what a emotional roller coaster. You ever been through an emotional roller coaster where it's just all these things are happening at the same time? That's where you got to lean into his presence and let Jesus just be the source of your peace. Don't let your circumstances be the source of your peace. Let Jesus be the source of your peace. And he is showing his lordship that he's God almighty, but he still abides by the customs of the society because he still pays tribute even though he doesn't have to because he, he is the king. He is the king of the whole earth, so they don't have to pay tribute. <clears throat> At one point, they said, "They said, yeah, your master doesn't pay tribute to Caesar. He said, let me see a coin. He says, Who, whose image is on this coin? They said, Caesar's. He said, well, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render unto God the things that are God's. The Bible says they marveled and they didn't question him again. He said, whose image is on this coin? He said, they said, Caesar's. Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and unto God what belongs to God. And so what Jesus is showing them is, is that just like that image on that object, it deserves loyalty and allegiance. Even so, you being made in God's image, you owe God your loyalty and allegiance. Jesus is a master. He's the greatest philosopher. He's the greatest teacher. He's the God of provision. He's raised in Nazareth in a poor place knowing that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver is his. The gold is his. He owns everything. And when he wants, he can go and fish and take a coin out of its mouth. But he chooses through his poverty that we might be made rich. What a savior. The Bible says he emptied himself. He possessed all things, yet he became nothing that we might become something. Matthew is, is showing the superiority of Jesus over demonic forces. And now he's alluding to, in this passage, that he's not going to be here forever. This is why he says, how long shall I be with you? And we see the context that now it's the hastening. You have to get this instruction and this teaching quickly because I'm not going to be here forever. Now we're seeing after Matthew 16, they thought that they would have Jesus forever, but now we're seeing that there is an expiration date on his earthly body. So with this person, with them casting out the devil here, he's saying, how long shall I be with you? And then later saying that I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be killed, and, and, and he's showing them now, you've got to get these teachings because this course is almost over. 
the teacher will not be with you forever. The teacher is going to take on a different form. The teacher is now through the spirit is going to be living on the inside of you. But Matthew is hastening to the cross, hastening. You got to get this instruction. You got to get it quickly. You got to get a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. You got to get this in your mind for when I'm gone. And everyone deserves a chance. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all men should come to repentance. I feel that this podcast episode has been spirit-led because we have to deal with the spirit of fear. For Matthew to even write this while he's surrounded by opposition, it's someone overcoming the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear, they tried to take Peter and John to the council after healing somebody they said what authority do you do this you got to stop speaking in his name they said we can't help but speak the things which we have seen and we have heard do do what you want but we rather obey god than man they they were delivered from the spirit of fear for me to live as christ for me to die as gain what do you do with someone like that that's just not afraid i'm loosing you in this podcast from the spirit of fear Plant that church. Start that Bible study. Start that business. Pursue that career. Pray. Fast. Study. Write that song. Sing that song. Preach that sermon. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? What are you afraid of? There's nothing to be afraid of. I'm binding the spirit of fear off of your life right now. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Be set free in the name of Jesus. The devil can't kill you. If the devil could kill you, you would have never entered into the church. He would have never allowed you to walk through the double doors of the church. He would have never allowed you to listen to this podcast. But he can't stop you. If 2,000 to 6,000 devils, legions of devils can't stop one man from worshiping, nobody can stop you from worshiping. He's tried to kill you with with abuse. He's tried to kill you with domestic violence. He's tried to kill you with fires. He's tried to drown you. He's tried to burn your house down. He's tried everything in the book to destroy you. He's tried car wrecks. He's tried everything. And and here you are still listening to a podcast about the word of God. I'm telling you, you have victory and authority over the devil. And it's time for you to stop living in fear. You see, what we tried, what I believed, I'm going to tell you something. What I used to believe is that you just had to ignore the devil. Ignore the devil. Ignore the devil. Ignore the devil. And I realized that you can ignore the devil long enough where you just begin to tolerate what he's doing in your life. The Bible says, resist the devil and he shall flee. Submit to God and resist the devil. 
and he shall flee. Stop tolerating him moving in your marriage. Stop tolerating him moving in your kids. Stop tolerating him moving how he's moving uh, against your ministry. Speak up. Go tell that fox. Devil, I will work miracles today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Go tell that fox that I see him. And I'm coming in the name of Jesus to take your kingdom down. Be loose from the spirit of fear. Get out of that bed of depression. Get out of that bed of anxiety. Get out of that bed of fear. I'm speaking deliverance over you right now. Be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. You have authority to bind and loose. Loose a miracle over your life right now. You are made for more. You are more than a conqueror. You're the head and not the tail. You're going to be above and not beneath. You're going to conquer. You are more than a conqueror. That's powerful. See, don't when you conquer, doesn't that mean you win? He said, no, you're more than a winner. What does that mean? It means that you didn't just beat the devil two to zero. It means you beat the devil 100 million to zero. Meaning you won to where you sent a message. Send a message to the devil today. Devil, you wasn't even close to killing me with depression. He wasn't even close to killing me with anxiety. He wasn't even close to killing me with fear. Through him, I am more than a conqueror. I'm more than a winner. I'm not just winning. I'm sending a message. You weren't even close. What can separate us from the love of God? Not death, nor life, not principalities, nor powers, not the rulers of the darkness or the rulers of this world. Nothing can separate, not height, not, not depth, nor width, nor breadth. Nothing can separate me from his love. Walk in the joy of the Lord today. Walk in the peace of God. You have been fearful. You have been in a corner pretending, believing that if you stay in the corner long enough, the devil won't mess with you. That is a lie. He's trying to stop your effectiveness. Come out of the corner and open your mouth and speak the name of Jesus Christ. I feel somebody getting set free in this place. I feel somebody getting delivered as they're listening to my voice right now. I feel chains are breaking off of somebody's life right now. See, there, there's a time to expound and there's a time to experience. We are in an experience moment right now. Someone's getting loosed. I feel shackles falling. I, I feel somebody getting touched by the hand of God right now. Someone in their car, someone in their home, someone at their workplace, someone listening. Now, the timeless truths that I'm sharing is penetrating the forces of darkness. Hell has to let go. 
You're about to recover all. You're going to get everything back that you lost. You're going to get your joy back. You're going to get everything back. The devil can't kill you. He'll, throw, he'll try to throw you in the fire, but I see someone like unto the Son of God walking with me in the fire. And the fire just revealed who's with me. Woo. Mm. And you can send the flood to drown me, but like Noah, the flood's just going to lift me up. See, it was the flood that got Noah to the mountain. Y'all going to throw me out of here. I better calm down. The Bible says after the flood, the ark rested in Mount Ararat. The flood brought him to the mountain. Who am I talking to right now? What was sent to flood you and drown you is going to be the very thing that brings you to the mountain. The water that the devil's trying to throw at you to drown you. Drown you with adversity, drown you with affliction, drown you with heartache, drown you. It's the very thing that's going to bring you to the mountain. You got to look at somebody and tell them I'm going to the mountain. God will use a flood to get me there. God will use the rain to get me there. My goodness. Let it keep raining, devil. It's going to get me to where I'm going. I'm built for this. I built an ark for this. Come on, somebody. I'm not just going to the mountain. My family is coming with me. Woo. I'm not just going to the mountain by myself. Here it is. A dove's coming with me. Come on, somebody. I got a dove in this boat. I got God on my side. And as long as I got the dove with me, everything that's coming against me is just going to take me higher. I'm coming out of this better I'm coming out of this with joy. I'm coming out of this with peace. The flood that was sent to destroy me is just going to elevate me because I got the dove with me. I got a word from God. I'm prepared for this. Who am I talking to right now? Who am I talking to right now? Who am I talking to right now? We take dominion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed. Find a place to pray. Be loosed. Be delivered. Walk in the joy of God. Thank you for joining us today. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for more information, you can follow my social media page, Victor M. Jackson, or you can come visit us in Orlando, Florida at Bible Center of Orlando. Thank you for joining us. God bless.